Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You're in a prayer circle, and you're praying, and and you're even praying, everybody's praying, and you're praying, and then you get to the person who thinks that the strength of prayer has to do with the length of prayer and the loudness of prayer, and they get to praying, and they're like, oh, Lord, and notice their volume keeps going up and up and up and up, and before you know it, they're like, oh, Lord, in Jesus' name, would you just, I love to Jesus, and you've been in a circle, I'm like, I'm like, am I, am I the only one here in this? Can I tell you something? Listen, you need to write this down. This is profound. Listen, God is not deaf. Isn't that profound? God can hear, listen, God can hear your heart. You don't even have to open your mouth for God to hear your prayer. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will pray for us in times when you don't know how to pray, that the Holy Spirit will pray for you and with groanings, the Bible says, which cannot be uttered. Is that right? Is that true? So yesterday, um, I'm with a couple, and they told me some horrible, horrible, terrible, terrible news. And I, I didn't know how to pray. I mean, if you've been a Christian for more than one week, you get to those places where you don't know how to pray. Can I get a witness? Anybody? All right, 10 people. All tough crowd. And you don't know how to pray. And I just, I took their hand. I said, let's just pray. And I said, Lord, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray for. And the Bible says that even in those times where you don't even know how to pray and what to pray for, that you can pray, that you can groan. Did you know that? That you could groan and God will take the groaning of your spirit and interpret it and interpret that groaning to God to understand what it is your heart's trying to say. Are you getting me? He will take the groaning. So you're praying, Lord, Lord, I just, mm. Lord, my kids, oh. It's that kind of groaning when you got kids. Lord, my kids. And God will take that. I can't do it three times. And then he will take that and interpret it. God's not deaf. You don't need to pray loud. You don't need to pray long. You don't need to pray, pray strong. God can hear the prayers of your heart. Are you happy about it? Are you happy about it? Because sometimes... Sometimes you get in situations you don't even, you don't have time to pray. Some of you have been in a car accident. You know how fast a car accident happens? Just like that. 
You don't even have time to pray. But in your spirit, God knows the prayers of your heart. These guys were praying to be heard by men and not by God. Matthew 23, 27, you write that down. Jesus said that they are more like beautiful caskets because they look good on the outside, but on the inside, they are dead men's bones. Verse 47, Jesus said, these will receive the greater condemnation. Luke chapter 21 Beginning in verse 1, saints, if you're looking at chapter 21, verse 1, say amen. Amen. And he looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw a certain poor widow putting in how many mites? Two. And so he said, truly, I say to you that this poor widow, watch this, has put in more than all. For all these out of their, what, abundance have put in offerings for God, but she out of her, what, poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. So right after Jesus warned them of those who deliberately try to bamboozle people out of their money in the name of God and religion, he tells them a story of a poor widow who put money in the offering and she put in all she had. Now, in Mark chapter 12, right about verse 41, please look that up in your own time. But in Mark chapter 12, it tells us that Jesus sat opposite the treasury and he saw how people put money in the treasury and many who were rich put money in. So Jesus didn't just watch what they gave, but how they gave. Now, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, when you give, don't do it to be seen of men. When you give, give in secret, and your Father who sees in secret, anybody know that verse? Who sees in secret will reward you openly. It is unfortunate, somebody listen to me, it's unfortunate that the church has adopted worldly methods to extract money from people's pockets. If I hear of one more praise-a-thon on TV, I will scream. I turn the TV. <laughs> I, you know, I'm turning the TV. Every, I'm telling am I the only one? Uh, it's, uh, everybody's uh, praise-a-thon. You need to be giving money. Praise-a-thon, beg-a-thon, give me money-a-thon. I mean, it's every single station. People are doing things to extract money from people's pockets. We've all been in service, not maybe all of us, but many of us have been in services where, you know, after taking up five offerings... Okay, taking up two may be understandable. We don't take up any offering here, by the way, at Calvary, just so you, maybe you don't know. But we don't take up an offering here at Calvary Chapel. We have boxes on the back wall, and if you choose to give, put it in the box. If you don't, no problem. We don't take up an offering. I tell preachers that. Preachers lose their ever-loving mind when I tell them that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever tell somebody we don't take them an offer and they go, what? I mean, I literally had a beat. His voice went up 10 octaves. What? 
I said, I said, we don't take an offer. He goes, well, how do y'all pay the bills? I said, we don't. He said, what? I said, the Lord pays the bills. I said, we don't. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands because he does. Because he does. But we don't take an offering here at Calvary Chapel because we trust the Lord. 15 years. I love telling people this. 15 years. We have never taken an offering. This church owns 15 acres of property, maybe a little more. We own the buildings that we're in. God has provided everything that we need. God has provided. God has taken care of us. And all of this, we've never, ever taken up one single offering in this church. Is that not a blessing? Really? And so you go to these church and they take up five offerings. Then after five offerings, then we've all, some of us have been in services where the preacher says, he goes, well, you know, I really feel the Lord telling me. You know what's coming then. I really feel the Lord telling me. I feel the spirit. You know, when you catch the spirit, it's like, you start to, you know, you feel a spirit telling me that there's 10 people in here that wants to give $1,000. One time I heard that, I looked over at my wife, I said, it ain't me. I looked over here, is it you? <laughs> turn, turn back here. Hey, but y'all, is it you? It ain't me. But I, oh, I feel the Spirit telling people, you know, doing things to extract money from people's pockets. And then they have in churches, I know a church I came from, they had the tithers line. Mm-hmm. And they had the givers line. Mm-hmm. Now, the tithers line, if you're going to tithe, then get in line. And if you're a tither and you're going to tithe this Sunday, stand up and everybody sees you, regardless of the fact that Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And when you give, give. Don't be trying to be seen of men. God will reward you openly if you give to him secret. Forget all that. Forget what the Bible says, but we got the tithers line, and all the tithers stand up, and all the people look around, and oh, the tithers there, the tithers. And then, you know, and then they have the giver's line. And the giver's line was broken up into categories. Now, some of y'all know what I'm talking about, okay? Some of y'all don't, and you're very fortunate not to know. But then they have the giver's line, and then it's okay, if you're giving $100 or more, I'm telling you, this is what happens. Go, somebody please give me a witness. Well, all right, this is what happens. If you're going to give $100 or more, stand up. So the $100 or more, people stand up and everybody goes. <laughs> and the pastor, he prays a really strong, and I know, I can tell. I've got the spirit of discernment, people. So, he, you, know, he, you know, he gives a really strong, powerful, long, loud prayer for the people who are giving $100 or more. Then he says, if you're giving $50 or more, stand up. And people, the $50 or more people stand up. And, and then he gives a less powerful, less lengthy prayer. And then the $25 or more people, and they stand up, and then he gives them a prayer. And then they have the all other category. I am telling you, I'm not making this up. All others mean whatever you're given, 
Just stand up, and in it, even if you don't have anything to give, then you stand up, you come down, they have a table there, the offering plate is right there, and they tell you if you don't have anything to give, then you come down anyway, and what you're supposed to do is touch the plate. Did you hear that? You touch the plate, and touching the plate means that you are touching the plate hoping that God will give you some money so next week you can put some in the plate. At least that's what I think that would have means. That's my own interpretation. I, it could be wrong. But you need to walk by, and so everybody walking by, touch the plate or put money in the plate, all of these things. And then even last service, I'm talking about this very same thing, and I just found this out. A brother told me that now they pass around these portable little uh, credit card machines. That's what I said. They pass around these portable credit card machines so you can swipe like they just pass it down. You pass it to that sister, you got your card, just swipe, put in how much you're going to give, and give it to him, and then he swipes. And, and what in the world is going on? Or ATM machines in the lobbies so you can get your cash out and come on in and pay your tithes. All of these things to extract money from people. And then what is very popular, listen, last one, I could keep you here all day. <laughs> but I won't. Now what's very popular is, is they have people, while the preacher's preaching, you can make your check out and bring it to the pulpit, bring it to the stage, and just lay the money down on the stage. Yes, while he's preaching. If you don't believe me, just try to tune in to one of the stations. You'll see people like walking down and they're putting, they're not putting prayer notes on the stage. They're putting checks and money and, and, and just, and they just lay it all out there. And honestly, honestly, I believe that is spiritual manipulation. I do not believe, and I know that when this sermon reaches the air, I know I'll get a lot of comments. I don't think I'm going to get any flowers. I'll get a lot of cards, but they won't be nice. But it's true. I think it's spiritual manipulation. Because what happens is when the preacher is preaching and he's really, really preaching, I mean, he's really, really preaching like I'm doing right now. And he's really, and he's really, and, and that word is like touching your heart right at that moment. It's at that time that they encourage you, go ahead and write out your check. Now, now if, if, if you, you know, you're more likely to write a bigger check if God's really touching your heart in that moment you're more likely to put more zeros on that check. So they encourage that kind of giving. When Paul clearly said, when you come to church, read your Bible. When you come to church, your offering should already be prepared so that you can just drop it in the box and your left hand doesn't know what your right hand is doing and nobody knows what you're giving. You're not showing off when you give, you just give. You give in secret, and God will reward you openly. When you give, don't give and bring attention to yourself. You know, don't give and sit right back there by the box and tear off your perforated check. And you know, you tear them loud, too. And people are like, wow, they're giving. And then you take your check, and as you wait to the good group of people are going out the door right by the box. You go, 
All righty. Don't give like that. You just give in secret. You know, fold it up, put it in the box. That's it. And God will reward you openly. I honestly think the heart of God is grieved with the church today. Grieved. Because people are being taken advantage of. And honestly, I'm not accusing any one person or any one church. I'm just saying that every person who preaches this word has got to give an account for their life and what you do with your fellowship. I trust the Lord. And I know that if this is God's church, then God will provide for it. And whatever we need, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. Oh, I'm so out of time. So let's move on. So Jesus is watching. And as he's watching, he saw a certain poor widow. This widow comes and she puts in how many mites? Two. Everyone else was giving because they wanted to be seen. She was giving, hoping no one would see her because she was embarrassed. Can I tell you something? To God, no giving is insignificant. No giving. Some people can give $5. Some can give 50 We're all at different places. Some can give 100. Some can give 500. Some can give 5,000. Some can give 500,000. We're all at different places. The Bible says whatever we give, we should give it with a cheerful heart. Is that right? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, So let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves, somebody help me, a cheerful giver. You see, God is watching what you give. He's watching, and no giving is insignificant. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If each one of us, if each person in this room, if each person that attends this church just gave what they could, just whatever they could, the church would never have lack of anything. And God's kingdom would be further. I think it is a matter of where your perspective is and where your heart is. Is your heart heavenly-minded, kingdom-minded, or is it earthly-minded? Can I tell you something? No matter what you have, how much you have, when you die, you can't take it with you. Somebody once said, you never seen a hearse pulling you all. Isn't that right? For, those, for this half of the room that didn't get it, that means you can't take it with you. Are you feeling me? You can't take it with you. So, but you can send it ahead by giving to the kingdom and furthering the kingdom of God. Well, in verse 3 and 4 in your Bibles, go ahead and look at it. Jesus said, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all, for all these out of their abundance, out of their abundance, have they put in offerings for God. But she, out of the poverty, out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. Now, when the Bible says that she was poor, listen, in the Greek language, that literally means abject poverty. This woman is in real danger of imminent starvation. And Jesus said she put in more than the others. Now, as it relates to the amount, that's not true. She didn't put in more than, the, than all the others, but in regards to personal sacrifice, she did. She gave out of her poverty, and they gave out of their surplus. Jesus is looking at what people give. 
He saw the rich gave a large amount of money. He didn't say a word. And then comes along this poor widow and she drops in two of the smallest coins possible. And Jesus couldn't remain silent. And he said, she has given more than all the rest. And get this. There's no evidence that this woman ever knew what Jesus thought of her gift. And there is no evidence that God blessed her because she sowed a seed for her need. Or sow a seed for your greed. There's no evidence. It's very possible this woman went home and starved to death. I doubt it, but it's possible. But what a surprise to her when one day she stands before the Lord and she hears him say, I saw what you gave and it touched my heart. What a surprise. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Jesus said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures where, saints? I think it's on the screen. Lay up for yourselves treasures where? Where moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break and steal. Somebody read the last line with me. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus says, don't treasure up, don't stock up, and don't store up treasures on earth, but store up treasures in heaven. Why? Why? Because of durability. Because of durability. If you store up treasures on earth, moth and rust will wear them away. All of your treasures on earth will someday be junk. If you don't believe me, take a day trip down to the dump. And you'll see. You know, we get these nice cars. And after a while, they get old. You know, I think of a young young 17-year-old boy. Got himself a nice car. He saved the money. He worked hard for that car, and he bought that car, and then he polished it, and he, 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 he put it in his driveway, and every time he passed by the front window, he peeked out the window to look at the car. You know how you do. You're walking by the window, and you got to see that nice car. You take a look. That's a good-looking car. You know, and then, you, and then you, you, you love your car so much, you name your car. People name their cars. So he, he, he named the car Hot Mama. The car is a Hot Mama. Now, I have a car. I've got a car. I've got two cars, actually. And I have, um, you, know, you guys know, I've got my yellow Jeep. And I've got a black. It's all black. And it is beautiful. <laughs> so my car is black. And it's all black. I love my car. And I got rims on it. Now, I don't have special clothing, but I got rims. <laughs> All right, I got rims on my car. So my car is, it's like black, and I love my car. And I did not name my car. My wife named my car, right? Because my wife said, my, my car is all black. I mean, there's no other chrome on it. It is, y'all seen it, it's got my black plate PR on it. Um, and it's just beautiful. I love my car. And it's, I keep it in my garage because I don't want it weather beaten. I love my car. So my wife named my car. She calls my car my other black woman. My, my, she will tell, she, she, she calls my car my other black woman. And she, and she, you love that car. You love that car. You, you, you love that dog. And you love that car. You don't love me. I mean, like I tell you, I love you every day. It ain't enough. 
Y'all know how y'all women are. Say amen. Uh-huh. But my wife named my car my other black woman, but you named the car. But listen, all of these things, Jesus says, all of these things will, <laughs> all of these things will, will, will turn, to, they will rust and they will turn to corrupt and moth will eat these things. So, so lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. This is where we have to be. We've got to get ourselves to a place where we are heavenly minded. And we've got to keep ourselves from getting to that place where we are so earthly bound or we are so financially tied and strapped that we can't invest in the kingdom. We get ourselves so, and, 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 and the companies out there, they send you credit cards all day long. They send you credit cards in the mail for free. Oh, this is free money. I got one that said free money. I said, free money? You think I'm stupid? Free money at 19% interest rate. Free money. Can't leave home without it. I went, yes, I can. And I will. You know, don't get yourself so bound up that you can't serve God, that you can't give to the kingdom. Because the reality is there's only two things that will last forever. One is God's word. Two is God's people. God's words and God's people will last forever. That's the only thing that matters. What you have in this life, hey, praise the Lord. If God's given you riches, if God's given you money, great. Use it to further his kingdom. And great will be your reward in heaven. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.